Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is October 5th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and we're going to be studying in Doctrine and Covenants section 112. Now before we get into this section, I want you to imagine what if for decades and maybe centuries from now, people only knew you by one of your biggest mistakes or one of your shortcomings, maybe an attribute that you weren't proud of. How would that make you feel? Obviously, when I think about that, it makes me shudder. I just, I hope and pray that that is never the case for me. But so often in church history, when we're talking about someone who eventually fell away or had this really big, loud exit from the church, oftentimes that's the only way we ever think of them. And I feel like we do them a disservice if all we do is focus on that. Now, I bring that up today because section 112 is a revelation given to Thomas B. Marsh. Now, if you don't know who Thomas Marsh is, he was the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. I used to like to joke with my students saying, had Thomas Marsh not left the church, they would be attending Thomas Marsh University instead of Brigham Young University, because if secession were to follow the way it does today, he would have been the second prophet of the church rather than Brigham Young. Now, Thomas Marsh was an incredible leader. But some of the things that make someone a really great leader can also, if left unbridled, be sins that lead to our destruction. For example, Thomas Marsh had a very strong personality and that allowed him to lead, but it also made him extremely stubborn. He was a confident man, which made him a great leader, but that also led to pride. And those qualities, that pride and that stubbornness ultimately led to him leaving the church. If you'll remember the infamous story of his wife, Elizabeth, who was sharing a cow with Sister Harris, and they had agreed to exchange a certain amount of milk and a certain amount of cream, and Elizabeth Marsh kept extra cream. And she was accused of that, and Thomas Marsh stood with her fervently. In fact, he said that he would stand with her even if it drug him down to hell. But Elizabeth was proven incorrect and in the wrong. And that same month, Thomas Marsh and his wife left the church. Now, to his credit, he did eventually return. About 20 years later, he joined again with the saints in Utah. But look at all the wonderful things that he missed out on because of that stubbornness and because of that pride. So today and for the next couple of days, as we study section 112, let's take a look at some of the things that... The Lord tells Thomas Marsh, he gives him all this counsel and he tells him certain things that helps him to be a better leader. And what I love about this section is that as we study it for ourselves and as we kind of look for that same counsel and apply that same counsel, it helps us to lead better in the church and to be a better follower of Christ. Now here specifically in this section, Thomas Marsh was in Missouri and most of the 12 apostles were in Kirtland. And if you'll remember, they're going through this financial crisis. But amidst that financial crisis, Joseph feels like and receives revelation that the answer to this financial crisis is to bring in converts, to have converts come and to strengthen the church. And so he sends the Quorum of the Twelve, or a big portion of them, on a mission to England. Now, this was the first foreign mission in the church, and he sends them to England and and Thomas Marsh then comes from Missouri with this idea of, well, I'm going to meet with the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. We're going to unite. We're going to come up with all these ideas, and it's going to be great. Well, then he gets to Kirtland, finds out that Joseph has sent these apostles on a mission to England, 
and he gets super upset, super frustrated. He felt like if anyone should be going on this mission, it should be him because he's president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Or at the very least, he should have been the one to call them and to send them out. And so he's a little bit frustrated. And here is the revelation. And section 112 is the revelation that Joseph gives to Thomas at that time. Now, starting in verse 1, it says, Thus saith the Lord unto you, my servant Thomas, I have heard thy prayers, and thy alms have come as a memorial before me in behalf of those thy brethren. Now, I like the Lord starts it that way, because oftentimes, like I said, we hear Thomas Marsh and we immediately think, oh, he was proud, he was stubborn, he left the church, boo on him, right? But I love that the Lord starts it this way, and he's like, look, I hear you. When you pray and when you are offering your soul to me and praying for the Quorum of the Twelve, praying for your brethren, I hear it. So obviously, Thomas Marsh was a good man. He was trying. He was offering up his heart to the Lord in prayer. He was praying on behalf of other people. He had these wonderful attributes that sometimes I feel like we overlook. But then the Lord does say in verse 2, Verily I say unto you, there have been some few things in thy heart and with thee, with which I, the Lord, was not well pleased. Now, I absolutely love this because it really shows us that the Lord is looking at our hearts. Yes, we can go through all the actions. We could pray and we could study our scriptures. We can go to church. But what's in our hearts? Are we doing the right things for the wrong reason? Or are we sincerely offering our souls to our Father in heaven? And as part of that, we pray because we want to be close to him. We read the scriptures because we want to learn of him. We go to church because we truly want to renew our covenants with him and draw nearer to him. Now, that being said, if we don't feel like we're there yet, it's always better to do those things for maybe not the best reason than to not do them at all. But the ultimate goal is to have our hearts and our souls behind every action that we take in the church. And now the Lord is going to tell Thomas Marsh something absolutely amazing. He says, nevertheless, in spite of those things in your heart that I'm not well pleased with, in spite of some of those actions that you did that I didn't love, nevertheless, inasmuch as thou hast abased thyself, thou shalt be exalted. Therefore, all thy sins are forgiven thee. Now, I absolutely love the order that we see here. Remember the talk this weekend that Elder Sikahema gave when he talked about the importance of sequential order? That's what we're learning here. There is a sequence to this forgiveness. It says, inasmuch as thou hast abased thyself, inasmuch as you have humbled yourself, as you have been able to let go of that pride, now your sins are forgiven you. Humility is essential to repentance. It is an essential part of repentance, but it has to be done in the proper order. We don't receive forgiveness of sin and then humble ourselves. We humble ourselves in order to receive forgiveness of sins. It's that important sequence that Elder Sikahema talked about. Elder Snow once said, humility enables us to have broken hearts when we sin or make mistakes and makes it possible for us to repent. It's all in the sequence. We have to experience that humility so that we can turn to Christ and repent. We see that same sequence with the people of King Benjamin. Remember, he's giving this incredible discourse and he's talking to them about the Savior and about repentance. And in Mosiah chapter 4, verse 2, it says, 
and they had viewed themselves in their own carnal state, even less than the dust of the earth. And they cried aloud with one voice, saying, Oh, have mercy, and apply the atoning blood of Christ, that we may receive forgiveness of our sins, and our hearts may be purified. For we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who created heaven and earth and all things, who shall come down among the children of men. Notice they turned to the Lord after they had humbled themselves, after they could recognize that they had made mistakes, that they weren't perfect. Now keep in mind, these were people who earlier in Mosiah chapter 1 verse 11 says that they had been a diligent people in keeping the commandments of the Lord. These were not bad people. However, their humility allowed them to see how desperately they needed the Savior. And as we humble ourselves as the first step, as we allow God to correct us, to teach us what we lack, then naturally we turn to the Savior and we ask for His atonement to cleanse us and to make us more and to strengthen us so we don't fall into the same patterns that we have been in previously. That is the sequence. And as we follow that sequence, then we can obtain this gift that Thomas Marsh is given when the Lord tells him that all his sins are forgiven him. That is a gift that we all should be seeking for. But in order to obtain it, we have to experience humility and turn to Christ and repent so that we can ultimately be cleansed by his atoning power. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 